Well, this might be one of the most glossed over parts of the Mishnah, and yet it teaches us such an incredibly important insight into how Torah and mitzvahs operate and why the Ebishter designed it in the particular way that he did. You would expect that Hashem is absolute unity, and yet mitzvahs and Torah seem to have so much diversity. Why? So what's that glossed over quotation? Rabbi Hanani ben Akasha said that the Ebishter wanted literally, to generate merit for the Jewish people. Therefore, he increased the amount of Torah mitzvahs that we have. Shenem, as the Pasuk says, Hashem that Hashem desired His righteousness, and therefore He designed the world in such a way that the Torah increases and adds more value. So then, Maimon from Rabbi Hananya ben Akasha, we know this statement from Rabbi Hananya. Hagamas Makeme Besedem Mishnais is Besu Masechta Makas. Where it really originates is at the end of Masechta Makos. Nevertheless, it's many gisrots, as organes, nochieden perik from Pirkeavos. As we well know, this time of the year, as we conclude each of the chapters of Pirkeavos, this is what we say. And what's the reason we do so? Rashi gives a reason. That Vishesh Vasim Noah. Because it has assumed not it has a beautiful conclusion. It's a nice message. So therefore, that's why we chose to say it at the end of each chapter. And also because you don't say Kaddish after Mishnah, you say Kaddish after Agoda, which is more the allegorical part of Torah. Okay. So why do we say Because it's a beautiful message. There has to be more to that. Considering that everything in Torah is absolutely precise, including something which is only a custom, but there's no such thing as only a custom. A custom is part of Torah. Especially when you look at a number of the different commentators on Pirkei Avos, include their commentary on Rabbi Hanania in Pirkei Avos. That's where they explain it. There must be a connection between this statement of Rabbi Hanania and Pirkei Avos, and we need to understand what that connection is. Now, part of that understanding will depend on not only the way we conclude each Perik of Pirkei Avos, but the way we begin each Perik. We also have a custom, as far as the Perik and Pirkei before starting each chapter, we also quote from Sanhedrin, the Mishnah that says, every Yid has a portion in Olam Haba. A Mishnah Masech to Sanhedrin. There is a certain shared theme between the Kol Yisrael Mishnah from, from Sanhedrin and the Rabbi Hananya Mishnah from Makos. The fact that we said in the beginning at the end of the Perik of, of Perik Yav is not accidental. They share a similar theme. What's the theme? Each one of them expresses the greatness of the Jewish people. In the Mishnah Kol Yisrael, in the first Mishnah that we say before Pirkei Avos, we express as that we are the product of Hashem's hand, the so-called growth of His planting. And in the Mishnah from Abchanan Berakashia, as the Ribi from Teremitzus is Tzulib Eden. And the Mishnah we say at the end of each parak from Rabbi Hanania illustrates that the whole purpose of all of Teremitzus is for us. So they both illustrate the greatness of the Jewish people. As we say, that because the Abishta wanted us to have merit, therefore he increased Teremitzus. So it seems like a very clear theme. We're talking about the greatness of the Jewish people. 
We've got to drill down deeper than that. Down from Fashtain, we have to understand. Pirkei Avos and Halpen Kiyodua, as we well know, Pirkei Avos concentrates on Heroes and Hanhogos and Midas Instructions and guidance on how you should develop personal character. To the extent that, as the Gemara calls it, it's words about how to live beyond the requirement of the laws of Torah. So we have to ask ourselves, his voice is in Demnagerdinim from my loss in Shal Yisrael. If you're talking about character development, how we should be menschlich, why is this the place that we speak about the unique greatness of the Jewish people? To get to answer that core question, the greatness of the Yid and how it relates specifically to character development and menschlichkeit, we'll have to understand what the message of our Mishnah is in order to explain it, and we'll raise a few questions. First, we're going to look at an interpretation of the Bartanura, then of the Rambam, and then we'll ask some questions. So the Bartanura is Mephoresh. This is how the Bartanura explains Rabbi Hananya's Mishnah. What does it mean that Hashem increased Torah Mitzvahs? What do you mean increased Torah Mitzvahs? So it says, Take, for example, the section in Parsha Shmini where the Torah tells us, don't eat these various creatures, these creepy, crawly creatures. So he says, why, the Bartanura says, why does Hashem do that? To give us additional reward by avoiding those kinds of animals. Now it's natural that you're not going to go eat toads and, and rodents and lizards. So you wouldn't eat it anyway. Why does the Torah tell you that they're forbidden to eat? To add more schar, more opportunity for merit for us that even things we would not normally have eaten now are considered a mitzvah. And you could apply a similar principle to learning Torah. And we could say a similar thing. There are various things that the Torah discusses that you and I would work out of our own accord, like how to develop good character. But the Torah discusses them that we should be able to get extra merit for learning about things that we actually already know. That's the Bartonura's explanation. The Rebbe has two questions. Two things don't make sense according to this explanation. How does that fit with the words of Rabbi Hanani Malakashia? That it is Hirbolohem, that he added more mitzvahs. The way the Bartanura is explaining it, it doesn't tell us why there is an increase generally in mitzvahs. It's why, it should have said, why did Hashem introduce certain mitzvahs? Certain mitzvahs are designed for schar. So the Bartanura doesn't seem to address the expression, a mass, a large amount of Torah mitzvahs. Second of all, the Bartanura the expression to give us merit also doesn't suit the Bartanura's explanation. What does the Bartanura say? Hashem gave us mitzvahs that we would keep anyway so we could get more reward. So then it should have said, not but something like to give schar to Eden. Right? It could have been a different expression. So, therefore, we're not entirely satisfied with the Bartanura's explanation. Let's look at what the Rambam has to say. The Rambam is, of course, the Mishnah. Now, the Rambam explains, Any time that you do one of the 613 mitzvahs properly, without 
um, contaminating your intention with some other worldly expectation, like keeping kosher because it's healthy or Shabbos because you need a rest. You're doing it simply because Hashem said so. Anytime you do a mitzvah for Hashem's sake with love of Hashem, through that, that gives you the merit of earning a portion in Olam Haba. So the Valzeom, Rabbi Hananya says, the Rambam, that's what Rabbi Hananya wants us to know. Because Hashem made so many mitzvahs, it's impossible, there's so many targets, it's impossible we won't hit one of them. It's impossible we won't do at least one mitzvah properly as Hashem intended. When you do that one mitzvah properly, that's going to keep your neshama alive and get you into the next world. So here, Baruch Hashem gave us many, many choices. So we'll get one of them right and through that get into Olam Haba. That's the Rambam's explanation. So, this explanation addresses the problem of the Baratunura's explanation. What do you mean here, Bar, that you added many mitzvahs? Well, now we get it. You added many mitzvahs. So there'd be many, many options for us to choose from. Because there's so many, many mitzvahs to choose from, it's a guarantee we'll get at least one of them right. So therefore it makes sense. Herba, why did Hashem make so many mitzvahs? Because he wants to give us merit. So that side the Rambam addresses. Ober, but there's, a, there's still a question based on the Rambam's explanation. The Rambam does not answer why the language use is lezako is to cause merit, and not an expression of reward, because he is saying that by doing that one mitzvah, you will be rewarded in Olam Haba. So why lezako is? But besides that, is the etzim pirush doyushpir. The core of the Rambam's explanation also begs a question. Because the Fipiru Shoikum Tois, based on how the Rambam explains it, it emerges as in dominion for Hebrew and Torah mitzvahs, that this expansion of many, many mitzvahs and much Torah for us to have, is Nito Kein Maila Le'atzmoi, doesn't have value in and of itself. The Riba in mitzvahs is not a mitzvah, and in a tofel to live their ain mitzvah, was fazicht as a eat, vet mekaims an ain mitzvah, mas kuntashle musa. The way the Rambam's explaining it, there's 612 mitzvahs that are all there so that you'll have the 613th mitzvah that you get, that you do right, that gets you into Elam Haba. So we're effectively back to square one. Why does he say hereba, that there are many, many mitzvahs? And why is the expression lezakois to bring us merit? Now, in addition to that, there are certain... So the fact that we have a question on the Baratunura and a question on the Rambam's explanations is one element of what we have to deal with. But the language of how Rabbi Hananya says it also raises questions for us. We have to understand the language too. Number one, Aleph, Rabbi Chanan ben Akash is Madgesh Rotsa Kodesh Borchu Lezakois Es Yisrael. That's what Rabbi Chanan said. That it's Dafka that Hashem wanted to give us merit. When in Pasuk is the Adgosh Hashem Chavitz Man Tzid Koi. Whereas the Pasuk that he brings as a quote says that Hashem wanted his own righteousness. So to them, Eibishnus Tzedek. Sounds like it's to Hashem's benefit. So which one is it? Rabbi Hanania is saying Hashem wanted to give us value. And the Pasuk he quotes says that Hashem wanted to benefit, so to speak, himself, if you could use such an expression. How do you reconcile that? Second question, base. In Pasuk, the Pasuk only describes Torah. Yagdil, Torah v'yadr. 
Whereas Rabbi Hanania wanted to tell us that that's, that's why Hashem gave us much Torah and many mitzvahs. Where do you see mitzvahs in the Pasuk? Three, Gimel. It's a little bit more of a technical question, but usually you expect that if a rabbi quotes a Pasuk, he'll try and align his language with the language of the Pasuk, and that doesn't happen here with Rabbi Hanania. Because in the Mishnah state, Ratzah HaKadosh Baruch Hu, on in Pasuk Hashem Chofetz. Now, you might glibly translate Ratzah and Chofetz, and Chofetz is the same thing, wanted to, wished to, desired to. The reality is there are different expressions. Why does Rabbi Hananiah say Ratzah when the Pasuk says Chofetz? Ah, you could argue that we know in various places the Gemara points out that the language of Torah is not the same style of language as the language of Rabbanon. Still, there are many illustrations of the, of the fact that as a that when the Chachamim quote a concept out of a Pasuk, that's when the Chachamim will try use the same language that appears in the Pasuk. Here's a couple of examples. With regard to Torah Mitzvahs and using similar words to what's here. What does it say? Gemara tells us, you should always learn in a place where your heart desires. Because the Pasuk says in him, Hashem so because the Torah uses the word cheftoi, the Gemara uses the word chofetz. Or as we learn in the Hilchas Shabbos from Yeshayo, mimtoi cheftzecha, the Pasuk says, mimtoi cheftzecha v'dabar dovar, says the Gemara Shabbos, cheftzecha asurin, cheftzecha mai mutarin, your desires are forbidden on Shabbos, those desires of heaven are permitted. Again, we see that the Torah looks to, the, the Chachamim look to align their language with Torah many, many other examples. Why does Rabbi Hananya not do that here? He says Ratzah when he quotes a Pasuk that says Chafetz. Why? What's the difference between Ratzah and Chafetz and why does he choose differently? And lastly, Rabbi Hananya's expression is that therefore Hashem increased the Torah Mitzvahs for us. The most direct translation of the word hirba is to add more numbers. So that means that it's a ribui in kamos, right? Misbar by kamos. It's an increase in quantity. Whereas the pasuk that he quotes. Dafka emphasizes the increased quality of what's being shared. That the Torah, the, the caliber of Torah that's being shared with us is a higher caliber of Torah. So what you should start to notice over here is Rabbi Hananya makes a statement that clearly is speaking about one issue, whereas the Pasuk that he's quoting, although it's on similar lines, sounds like it's speaking about a different issue. And in order to understand all of that, we're going to address a big question. Why does Judaism have so much detail, so many mitzvahs, so many perspectives within Torah? So, that is the pivot on which this entire answer will be explained. The fact that the, Torah over, that the Mishnah over here is discussing so many mitzvahs is 
It's not simply as you would understand, or even based on the Mephoshim. We're not simply talking about the fact, oh, Hashem gave us 613 mitzvahs, and wow, that's amazing. So many opportunities to connect. Which obviously would imply quantitative increase. We're not going to just say the issue here is 613 because we don't actually have any specific logical basis for the fact that it needs to be 613. The truth is, whatever amount of mitzvahs Hashem would have chosen, we would have had the same questions. Why that amount? Why not more? Why not less? Now the Mishnah of Vegendem here by themselves in Infantero Mitzvahs. What Rabbi Hananya is addressing over here is not the number of mitzvahs available, but the concept of this great amount of access points to Torah mitzvahs. Meaning what? Let's have a look. The Gemara tells us in uh, in Marcus, the Gemara says that, that David Amelech in various places in Tilim summarizes the whole Torah as 11 fundamental traits that a person is supposed to um, a- 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 achieve. And the, the Gemara even there goes to give various examples of who represented each of those traits. So you could whittle down the whole of Judaism to 11 key factors. So Vold given Ginugas also Mitzvahs. So according to that Gemara, who needs 613 or however many mitzvahs? 11 mitzvahs. And that would have been sufficient. It's quite well known that Rapsad Yogon explains how all of the mitzvahs are incorporated in the Aseris Adibras. So 10 mitzvahs would have been enough. Why do we have to have so many? It doesn't matter that the number is 613. The question is, why do we have to have such a diverse range of mitzvahs? And even if you'll say, because there's some kind of a spiritual reason why there have to be 613 facets to Judaism, so you could still get to 613 facets by having 10 or 11 mitzvahs, each of which has many, many subcategories, and that's not far-fetched, because that's how Judaism is now. There's 613 mitzvahs with many detailed facets and subcategories. So that's the question. Why is the core number so big? Why is it not a small number with a whole lot of subchapters? So to that the Rambam says, as Damos That explains where the Rambam's coming from. If you only have ten choices, there's a great chance that you'll miss doing any of them properly. If you have six hundred and thirteen choices, there's a good chance you'll get to do at least one of them properly, and that will be your access in Toilam Haba. Could even take it further. If there were only 10 mitzvahs with many, many, many facets and you got one facet wrong, that entire mitzvah would be disqualified to an extent. And therefore, even if you did 98% of all of the details of one of those 10 or 11 mitzvahs that the whole of Judaism could have been built on, if you missed those 2%, the whole thing might have fallen to pieces. Let's take it deeper. Let's understand this from a deeper perspective. What are we looking for and what would we expect within Torah? 
Jede mitzvah in Indian Torah is andesh from a zweite mitzvah und a zweite Indian Torah. One thing we need to know for sure is that every element of Torah is absolutely unique and independent of every, not independent, but different, distinct from every other area within Torah. And we'll use a few illustrations for this. In fact, sometimes one area of Torah is even opposite to another area of Torah. So, here's an example of what you see, two completely opposite areas of Torah. Some mitzvahs are about what you do, and other mitzvahs are about what you don't do. That is a complete opposite approach. One is a mitzvah of obligation, one is a mitzvah of desisting. Another example. Some mitzvahs you have to understand. Some mitzvahs should be logical to everybody. Some mitzvahs, once they're explained, settle in our minds. Other mitzvahs, totally super rational. And then expand it out to the point that you reach 613 different mitzvahs. Each mitzvah has its details, its motivation, and its intention. And they're not the same. When I say in Torah, you'll also find similar diversity in Torah. Firstly, on Let's first start with the fact that there are four levels at which you could learn any Torah subject. Pshat, Remez, Drush, Soid. The simplest explanation, the things that are alluded to within the comments, uh, the, what's being said, the mining and researching of a topic and the, the mystical. Then you get the looking for Memtes Ponim Tome, Memtes Ponim Tohoi, as the Gemara famously tells us. There are 49 different ways that you could argue an alachic point to say that something is pure, and 49 ways to say that it's impure. And then beyond that, Ayim Ponim Torah, the 70 perspectives on every single area of Torah. And then beyond that, as the Arizal says in Shara Gilgulim or Nochmer, Bishishim Ribi Purushim in Yedna Ifan Anal from Torah, that every one of those 70 facets of Torah has 600,000 different explanations. So there are many, many distinct and different elements of both mitzvah observance and Torah. And that raises a huge, myth, a huge question for us. We need to understand what is going on over here. There is one Torah with all of its mitzvah that was presented from Hashem who is the ultimate oneness. And the objective of the whole of Torah mitzvahs is to bring the oneness of Hashem into a state of consciousness and awareness in our world. The goal of the whole of Torah mitzvahs is the absolute fundamental simplistic oneness of God. How do you reconcile? It's doch moving. As ich in der Avoide von Aiden darf jeder mitzvah sein verbunden mit der ein einziger Kavon of Tachlis. Surely it makes sense that when we do Torah mitzvahs, it should all fit into a single focus and objective, which is to poil sein dem Verbund und es sagt es quayochel von dem Mekayim mitzvah mit Neubischen. Why do we do all of the mitzvahs? For one purpose, to create a connection between we who fulfill the mitzvahs and Abishta who instructed the mitzvahs. A connection between ourselves and absolute oneness. 
And Hazoi, Oichin Teira, likewise with Teira, to find the Gensich Mitten Nesna Teira, Dor Hasagas HaTeira. What is the objective of Teira? That as we comprehend Teira, so we become one with Hashem, who is one. So the objective of the whole of Judaism of Teira Mitzvahs is to establish and to achieve oneness. And likewise, the impact that Torah Mitzvah should have on us and our surrounds. The objective of Torah Mitzvah is to rip away the concealment of this world. It's because of that concealment that we perceive our world as being a place of conflict and diversity and extremes. And what's our goal? To take the world, which is a place of conflicted diversity, and turn it into a domain of oneness, completely dedicated to the only entity, Hashem Himself. Meaning, the purpose and objective of the whole of Torah Mitzvahs is to express and expose the oneness of Hashem in the world. So they there seems to be a huge contradiction. Of a baldas teiro mitzvahs is in yonam echad. If the entire objective and teiro mitzvahs is all oneness, unity. So why is teiro mitzvahs so diverse? 613 mitzvahs with categories and subcategories and 70 perspectives and 600,000 interpretations of every perspective. Sounds like the exact opposite of the goal, which is oneness and unity. That's what Rabbi Hananya ben Akasha wants to discuss and explain to us is the Mishnah Mazbir. That's why he explains that the Abish's intention was Lezakos. Are we going to reinterpret Lezakos? Not simply as merit, a throwaway translation, but a meaningful definition. That's why he gave us so many and such a diverse range of Torah Mitzvahs. Because the zakos is from Loshen Zichuch. The word Lezachos means to refine, to purify, to clarify. The goal of Teremitzus, what Hashem wants, is not just simply that we surrender ourselves completely and disappear in favor of commitment to Hashem. But the Ebishter also wanted us to refine ourselves, not just lose ourselves, but refine ourselves. And the Chirik Beneim, what's the difference between Bittel and Zikuch, will explain as follows. Teichana Bittel is, the concept of Bittel, complete surrender to Hashem, means that the person loses their sense of self. When that happens, then the person is completely attached to and connected to Hashem because there's no barrier of self. The reality is that the person is comprised of a whole range of different facets and faculties. Including the physical anatomy of a human being, which is 248 organs and limbs and 365 sinews and vessels. When a person is in that state of complete surrender to Hashem, those details no longer constitute detail. Because bitl means you let go of it all. You let go of yourself, you let go of the details, you let go of the facets and faculties. 
Meaning that from that perspective of total surrender to Hashem, you don't notice the distinction between a heart and a fingernail. That's bitul. Bitul is losing yourself completely, and it's not the full picture of what Hashem wants from us. What does He want? Refinement means as er gufa. It means you as you are. Evarov vigidov. With all of the faculties and all of the anatomical pieces of the person. All the components should be refined and connected to Hashem as they are. Not that they have to lose their identity in order that the whole human is connected to Hashem. They, in their individual states, are connected to Hashem. Meaning what? To achieve that, you have to be able to identify and take into consideration all the details of the person's experience. Because the specific refinement of each component of the human being has to be suited to the style and nature of that component. So what does Eibishter want? Not just that we all disappear in surrender to God. But that we refine and elevate every facet of ourselves to Hashem. If that's what Hashem wanted, that would explain why Hashem gave us many and different access points through Torah mitzvahs. That's why there's so much and such diversity within Torah mitzvahs. Because each mitzvah impacts one component of the person. Kashrus affects the whole digestive system. Tfilin affects your arm, your heart, your head, etc. And likewise, each mitzvah touches a different part of the world. Matzahs hit the fields of wheat. And Tfilin elevates the skin of animals, etc. And likewise in Torah, that all these diverse aspects, facets, subjects within Torah, impact different elements and parts of the intellect. The intellect is not homogenous. There's a philosophical intellect and a rational intellect and a scientific intellect and a poetic intellect. And the various components of Torah allow all of my intellect to be incorporated. So what's Rabbi Hananiah's message? Yes, of course, in the broader sense, we all want to be connected to Hashem through absolute surrender and bittal. But the goal is to impact each component of ourselves and then of the world. And for that, you need a big range of experiences of Torah and mitzvahs to touch each element in its unique way. Now, still have to address a question. One thing's not going to change. Hashem is absolute oneness. And if Torah mitzvahs come from Hashem, you would expect Torah mitzvahs to be like Hashem, absolute oneness. As in Zezel Nit Zayin Kenriba Vishalkus Vakavin Shonim. You would not expect that Achdus produces a whole range of streams and frequencies and spectra of, of spirituality, mitzvahs, Torah. 
Those was here blender mitzvahs is not bichtele zakas es Israel. And if anything, the only reason to have this whole plethora of different Jewish experiences is for our sake, not because the Eibushte is that way, because we need it. Kumt doch bemele ois as the ribe in Torah mitzvahs is an yin fun yirida kvayochol. So surely then, to go from Hashem's pristine state of oneness into our diversity of the whole experience of Torah mitzvahs with the many, many, many details, surely must be a step down from Achdus to diversity. And surely then, in our experience of Torah mitzvahs, we're not really touching the essence of Torah mitzvahs, because the essence of Torah mitzvahs would be so absolutely one and holistic. To address that issue, Rabbi Hananya says, let me explain the Pasuk. What's the Pasuk? Hashem Chavz Man Tzidka Yagdot that Abishta wanted for his so-called righteousness that the Torah should expand and improve. Azad Rabbe, that conveys, the riboy b'tero mitzvahs tut goruf kvayochol ahagdolo vahadoro in Torah. That what happens is exactly counterintuitive. You think Torah is in its most pristine state when it's in the Abishta's world of Achdus. And then it's degraded to enter our world of discussion and diversity and subjects. The opposite occurs. The Torah is increased and elevated through the experience of being translated into our so-called finite reality. And thus is the fire. Why would that happen? Because that's what Abishta wanted, so to speak, for his own Kabayochal Tzitkas. Now, we can understand what that means. What do you mean? We're going to add benefit to the Torah by having it downgraded into our reality? How could that possibly be? The answer lies in something that we know very well in Chassidus. We know very well that the objective of the whole of creation was because the Eivishter wanted to have a home, which means a place of complete unfettered revelation, where in the lowest possible realm. What does that mean? Chassidus explains that the ultimate goal of the Dira B'Tachtoinim is that the should manifest in our souls, in our space, within the Jews. That the collection, the, the collective of the Jewish people, that should be the place of absolute divine revelation. Meaning, as the Dira Amitis is Dafka Venzifet Uvgiton, Durch dem Zikuch Pnimi von dem Adam. That means that the ultimate state of Hashem's dream home, so to speak, is achieved and effected by our efforts and our transformation. Meaning when every component of us, of we the people, when each component of us is elevated and connected to Hashem, that achieves the, the, the goal and, and the objective. But when you look at things as it sits, so to speak, in Hashem's essence, from Hashem's essence, it's no such thing as a contrast or a contradiction between multiplicity and unity. Because from Nebuchadnezzar's perspective, it's impossible to suggest that there's anything outside of his reality. Where do you have the possibility of diversity? Not at the highest level. In other words, 
What does Eibushter want? That it should be Dirabatachtonim. What does Dirabatachtonim mean? That every single facet should become an expression of godliness. But if I'm looking from the perspective of Hashem in His reality and perspective, there is no such thing as diversity in which to manifest and express Himself. So where do you start to see diversity? Dafkin said, once Hashem creates the hierarchical spiritual reality called Ishtalshlus, spiritual realms. But there in Seyipol, that's the reality where Hashem filters and restricts His absolute, infinite self and light. Where the Ebeshto wanted it to express and happen through a series of ten utterances, which are not just ten utterances, but each one is comprised of many words, which are comprised of many letters. And through that, the world would exist. Debeshto didn't have to do that. Debeshto could have said, let there be existence, and there would have been existence. But he chose to create through an, a, a prism of diversity. And because Debeshto chose to use ten channels of creative energy, therefore we land up with a world of diversity and multiplicity, and even the possibility of saying, there is an us who made humans. As the Gemara famously says, those who want to misread that pasuk and misunderstand it, let them make the mistake. But he has the chap. The chap is that the ultimate is in our awareness that all of the diversity in our world emerges from Hashem's oneness. And that the reason for the diversity is to achieve the kavana, the intention, which is that every single element should be drawn up into and connected with ultimate oneness. And this concept will be spelled out in different words. One of our big questions was, why does Rabbi Hananya use different words from the Pasuk? Because Rabbi Hananya is expressing one perspective, and the Pasuk is a different perspective. Rabbi Hananya is speaking from the perspective of the world of creation, and the Pasuk is speaking from the perspective of Hashem's essence to convey the same theme from two different angles. In Torah Shebech when you look at the scriptural references, as the expression goes, how Hashem's name is written, which we don't pronounce. So you're seeing how things are written from Hashem's perspective that we don't necessarily understand. That's in Torah sees things as they are in their spiritual, pristine point of origin. In Pnei what the real intention is of every single thing. If I look at the source of everything, why does anything exist? Exist for the Ebeshter's so-called righteousness, for the Ebeshter's plan, for the Ebeshter's objective. From the But how that plan translates into what we can perceive and experience, in, which is expressed in Torah Shabal Peh. That's the whole objective of Torah Shabal Peh, unpacking things so we can relate to them. How you read, how you actually pronounce what the word says in the script. That's where the perspective is suddenly that Eibishter wants our benefit. Almost as if to say that Yisrael is separate from Hashem. 
When you're looking from that perspective, how things, how the Ebershel's Koyach translates into our world, our world suddenly becomes relevant and has to play a role. Each element of the world has to play its role, and therefore each element needs its access points. So here, you have to many, many, many mitzvahs in order to give us those access points. And that's why Rabbi Hananiah uses the word ratza, which is one type of will, and the Pasuk uses chafetz, which is a deeper kind of will. Because ratza is meta'erat nu'ah. When you say you want something and you use the word ratza, it implies that you move in a particular direction, and that's why Eretz Yisrael is called Eretz Sherotza Lasis Ritzoyin Koino, which on the one hand means it wants to do what Hashem wants, and on the other hand means that it runs to do what Hashem wants, meaning ratza implies movement from point A to point B to achieve a particular objective. That's what I want, that's where I'm going. So that's why Rotson is all about you move and you run towards your objective, whatever it is that you want. So when you're talking about the perspective from the Jewish people where there's the sense of diversity, you're running towards, we're trying to connect to Hashem. The right word is Rotson. Chofetz, and Chofetz is a tainug in dem rotten. Chofetz is what you will benefit in a deep, meaningful way from that rotten. And the is Hashem Chofetz man tzidkoi. That's the Ebrishter's perspective. Where, by the way, the nature and detail of the rotten doesn't grow or diminish the Chofetz. If this is what I want, it doesn't matter if it's a big deal or a small deal. It gives me that tremendous amount of deep personal uh, tainug, deep personal pleasure. That's the Ebrishter's perspective. And our we could see this reflected in our own experience. Rotson is there's something there that I want. So I'm going to work to get it with tremendous involvement because Rotson is a very Rotson is a very powerful motivator. So I'm going to invest a tremendous amount of energy and effort and skill and strategy in order to achieve it. But it's something beyond or outside or separate from me that I want to access. Whereas the chavetz is, oh, I have the nachas of my motivation being fulfilled. So when I talk about rotzoin, the movement and leaning of the nefesh towards a particular objective, that won't be standard or you, or, or you, um, it won't be the same in every scenario. Different things you're attracted to in different ways. Whereas when you're talking about deep pleasure, what causes the pleasure is actually not relevant. If you wanted this and it was satisfied, great. If you wanted that and it was satisfied, great. Because that has nothing to do with the item or the objective. It has to do with me. It's what I wanted. So Rotsa Kodesh Baruch Lezaka says Yisro. When you're looking from the perspective of Torah mitzvahs and how it benefits us, Rotsa, each mitzvah benefits us in a unique way. When you're looking from the Eibushah's perspective, that Eibushah wanted Dirubatachtonim and specifically through the elevation of us, Chofetz. Whether I'm today, right now, elevating this part of my personality or my intellect or the or the world or that part, equally gives him the same kind of Tainug because it's his objective that there should be Dirubatachtonim. The truth is, in Torah Mitzvahs, you can also see something similar to these two levels. 
There's Torah as it is in the higher spiritual godly realm. Torah in its pristine form, which is beyond the details. That's the one possibility. The purest version of Torah. And then there's Torah that's translated into our world. There's Gemara, there's Chumash, there's Halacha, there's Chakira, there's Chasidus, there's Kabbalah. When the Torah enters our reality, it divides into many, many, many diverse elements and ranges. By the way, you see a similar distinction between Torah generally and mitzvahs generally. Torah is seen as a concept of absolute unity, one theme, Hashem's wisdom. Which is why Torah is compared to the blood. Wherever it is in the body is the same blood. Whereas mitzvahs are compared to limbs. Mitzvahs are very different. They're big mitzvahs, frequent mitzvahs, infrequent mitzvahs. Mitzvahs that touch you in a spiritual way. Mitzvahs that touch you in a physical way, etc. Just like the human anatomy, where each limb or organ is completely unique and different from the others, so too with mitzvahs. So Torah is, so to speak, the chayfets, and mitzvahs are the rotten. But here's the chap. Specifically, once the Torah translates into our reality and offers us this smorgasbord of opportunities of connection, which is what the Eibishter wants at the deepest level. That diversity is actually driven by the deep-seated pleasure that Hashem has within His essence from our mitzvahs. That is so powerful and impactful our experience of Torah mitzvahs, because that matches Hashem's real desire, that it elevates even the Torah as it is on high. Yagdil Torah v'yadir. Meridos is in Torah l'mayla mitzad atzmo. That the Torah is now elevated to a state of qualitative increase beyond what the Torah was in its pristine original form. As the Sefer Haboyer uses the expression that David HaMelech took the Torah and elevated the Torah to connect to Hashem. Meaning that we then imbue the Torah with infinite godliness. How? Through our experience down here on earth, learning and doing the various mitzvahs that we do. This explains to us why Rabbi Hananiah's language and the Pasuk that he quotes are different. In Torah Shebech Sav, when you're looking from the perspective of the written Torah, there you experience and feel the Torah as it is in its most inclusive, pristine form. When you look in Torah, they, you don't have the details yet, whether it be a positive or a negative mitzvah. They told us in the most simplistic way without the details. Tie them on your arm. What's them? What color are the boxes? How do, they, how do I know they have to be boxes? When do I tie them on my arm, my arm etc.? Whereas when you enter Torah Shabbat, that's when you get the detail, many, many, many details of every single mitzvah of Torah. And therefore, because all the detail emerges in Torah Shabbat, and the river is in Torah Shabbat, 
So therefore, Torah, Shabbat Shabbat, the written Torah, tells us how you achieve overall Hashem's objective, Laman Tzitka, what Hashem really wants. How it appears in the original form within Torah. From that perspective, you're experiencing Torah in a way that it develops and grows and, 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 uh, and increases qualitatively. Let's be more specific. So, in fact, what we're describing over here is, a, so, to, so to speak, a, an elevation of Torah and an elevation of mitzvahs as they are incorporated within that original pristine form, alluded to by these words, yagdil v'yadir, meaning, yagdil is the malis ha-terah v'stamot godol, shetam me'vili Yagdil tells us the power of Torah, as the Gemara tells us the famous debate, which is greater Torah mitzvahs, and it says Torah is greater because it brings the mitzvahs, Talmud Godol. Which talks purely about quality. That describes the element of Torah that is beyond being translated into practical mitzvahs. Yadir, as the Gemara tells us, Adir, the Gemara in Gitin says, refers to a king, somebody who is incredibly powerful. So that describes the part of the Torah that is completely beyond getting involved in the detail of daily mitzvahs, much like a king would be beyond the detail of the experience of the, of the citizens. That's in Torah Shabbat That's what we look at, the greatness of Torah and mitzvahs in terms of their spiritual or original, so to speak, value. Yet in Torah Shabbat where do we see the greatness of Torah? In all of the diverse elements of Torah that are accessible for us. So what do we see? Rabbi Hananya is giving us dual perspective of the value of Torah mitzvahs. The Abishah's perspective quoted in the Pasuk and our experience quoted in Rabbi Hananya's statement. This also helps us to understand why the Pasuk is future tense. Rather than past tense, which would have made a lot of sense, that Hashem wanted X and therefore he did past tense. Because what's the Pasuk telling us? That the greatness and the elevation of Torah will happen in the future. After the Torah has left its pristine form. So when the Torah is originally made, its greatness lies in the future. When it will be translated into human terms and into all the diversity, then Yagdil Torah V'yadir will be elevated to its ultimate. That's why it's future tense. So in other words, you have like the original Torah, and then we say there's nothing that isn't alluded to in the original Torah, but then it gets expressed beyond the hint, the remez, into Torah Shabbat where it is translated into practice with all the details that we can actually apply, and that's what Yagdil Torah adds the greatest value to Torah. 
which of course dovetails beautifully with a simplest explanation of why it's in future tense. As that is describing how things will be in the time of Moshiach. Because when will we see the ultimate, when will we experience, and when will the ultimate elevation of Torah be achieved? When we have completed our mission of Hirbalem Torah Mitzvahs. In other words, when we've brought Mashiach. So now that we have this magnificent insight into what Hirbalahem actually means, that David should create all these access points because that is the goal, to take every element of this world and to connect it to Hashem, and that adds value to the Torah mitzvahs that the Torah mitzvahs didn't even have in their pristine form. Now, now we can go back to our original question, which is why Dafka Pirke Avos? Of all the places, this is a Mishnah from Makos. Why is it brought in Pirke Avos? Why did the Mephoshim explain it in Pirke Avos? Because this is because Pirkei is the run-up to Shavuos and helps us to prepare for Matan Torah. And as the Baratanura explains, Pirkei is unique as opposed to every other part of Mishnah. The Baratanura is often on Fang Avos. The Baratanura introduces Pirkei Avos by saying this. The fish Mishnah. This Masechta is not about a specific mitzvah of Torah like the others. Shabbos, Erevin, Bavakama, Gitin. It's not talking about a mitzvah. It's all about character. It's all about how to develop as a mensch. Says the Batunur. The nations of the world also invented their own human initiated books of character development. How you should behave with regards to other people, etc. Therefore, now that we're going into the Jewish book of character, so the Tana introduces this particular section of Mishnah by saying, Moshe received Torah at Sinai. tell you, says the Baratanurah. That the character development described in our Masechta, is not like any other book of human development. It's not made up by people from their own fantasies. But specifically information that was given to us at Har Sinai. You could ask, Let's be honest. Some of the things that they write in, in these other books are valid. Good <laughs> lessons about how you should live. If that wisdom exists out there, why do we have to get the wisdom of how to be a mensch specifically from our Sinai? That's why we have Rabbi Hananiah at this point. Because the objective is that David wanted to refine us. That's why he gave us so many Torah mitzvahs. Telling us as the inyum for Torah mitzvahs is mention. As we have already learned, the objective of Torah mitzvahs is to tackle every single facet and faculty of the human being and elevate and refine and connect it to Hashem. If that's the motivation of Torah, then also the lessons about how to be a mensch have to be 
They had to have come from Sinai. It's a chilek in Torah, part and parcel of what Torah is all about. Vorum di kavone is nit not so medir zayn keitza di snai godemim chaveron. So that we would know that the objective of moral values or menschlichkeit in Torah is not just to know how to behave appropriately within society. No, be ikir to poil zayn dem birr vazikuch fundimidis. A fundamentally different approach. It's not just to be a nice guy, a moral citizen but to refine and elevate every facet of our being. Which can only be achieved through a connection of mitzvahs and many mitzvahs at that. Because that's the only way it is possible to turn character into channels of connection to Hashem. You want to be a nice guy? Great, there are many books want to be somebody who's a channel of connection to Hashem, then your menschlichkeit has to be guided by Torah. And to explain this even clearer to us, that the objective of human growth and development as a Jew has to be completely connected to Torah mitzvahs and therefore connection to Hashem. So let's say this. If we were talking about the faculties of the neshama, We'd understand what has to be linked to Torah. Because as we well know, the original root level of our souls is beyond the root level of Torah itself. As the very famous statement of Chazal in the Medrash, that the thought and intention to create Jewish people precedes everything that exists Torah included, and as we well know, the Torah is written as an instruction manual to a group, an audience that already exists. But in this section, we're not talking so much about the Nisham and its faculties. We're talking about practical things. Here, we're talking about how does a person refine, elevate, and transform the various elements of their mundane self. The ordinary self, the animalistic self. To the point of how do you refine the physical body? Which physically looks no different to the body of any other human. How can you say that the goal of Torah coming from on high is specifically that we should be able to touch the physical? That's why Torah came from on high. Therefore, before we start the whole conversation, we quote the Mishnah in Sanhedrin that every year has a chelik in Olam Haba. Which is not referring to Ganadin, nor specifically we're talking about the time of the resurrection where the Neshama has to come back into a body which is something that affects every single Jew. Because that illustrates how the physical body of every Jew is the product of Hashem's hand and the result of his planting. As we well know that when Hashem chose us, and choosing implies that Hashem invoked the essence of his being as Alter Rebbe says in Tanya it's all about choosing our body in other words Kol Yisrael tells us that the body of the Jewish person 
is the kavana, is the goal, comes from the deepest part of what Hashem wants. That's why it's no surprise that Torah, as powerful, pristine, beautiful, elevated, sublime as it is, is intended for what? That we, human, physical Jewish people, should be elevated. Our character and our physical body should be refined and elevated. That's the goal of the Torah. And when we, in our human, physical form, when we are refined and elevated, that brings Hashem's deepest desire and nachas and pleasure into the Torah. The essence of Hashem, the essence of Hashem's desire is to the extent that it even elevates, increases, and improves the Torah itself. So it's Hashem, we should be zoiche to yagdil Torah v'yadir in the future tense, but not the long distant future, the future that should happen in the next moment with the revelation of Hashem's essence and the ultimate dira with Mashiach now.